For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This show is brought to you by K Jewelers. Listen up, NFL fans. K just dropped a collection of officially licensed NFL jewelry. Shop your favorite team in the True Fans Fine Jewelry Collection at k.com slash truefans. Gear up for the season and celebrate the love of the game with K. Wounded Warrior Project is working to foster the most successful generation of veterans in our nation's history. One of the ways they do that is through adaptive sports. Veterans are some of the most resilient people on the planet. It's not about what you can't do after experiencing injury or illness. It's about tapping into what you can do. Learn more about how Wounded Warrior Project's adaptive sports programs are changing lives at www.woundedwarriorproject.org sports. It's about to go. This is the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Where we talk history of the game numbers and stats. And each week we highlight a charity that's doing good. If you haven't subscribed yet, then you should. Because I'm sick to this. This the, the real deal. And you know I gotta shout out the Buffalo Bills. Turn it up to the max. Sit back and relax. This the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Let go. Hey, what is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome in to another episode of the Buffalo Nerd. It's your home for Buffalo Bills football with a charity on top. We got another great guest this week. We're walking into week three of the NFL season, which means we're going up against the Washington football team. So it feels rightfully so that we should absolutely chat with somebody who's going to want to potentially maybe talk crap about our team. Probably not. It sounds like we're going to keep it cool here. Um, but I got a guy uh, talking sports with Manny is kind of his main show. And then he also has a secondary show called Back Row Redskins. So obviously we are going to chat about the Washington football team. So Manny, thanks for coming in, man. I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. I know you're a busy man. You're doing your own thing over there too. But why don't you go ahead and kind of just let my audience know a little bit about you. Absolutely. Hey, Colt, thank you so much for the invite, man. This is going to be a fun show. A little bit about me, man. My name is Manny, and I do have the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel and podcast. So the YouTube channel, I funnel everything out there. I got the Back Row Redskins show. And once basketball season starts, you're going to get Showtime with Manny, which is a Lakers podcast as well. So from fantasy football to NFL to NBA, you name it, it's there. It's a buffet. Just go out there and just pick out what you want to you know, nibble on. So we talk sports 24-7 around these parts. So Colt, thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely, man. I was like thinking to myself, I was wandering around. I'm like, I want to get another podcast guy on and kind of chat it up because, you know, a lot of times I, I can bring on the other Bills guys, right? We kind of have similar opinions of mm-hmm. things because we've been talking all off season and stuff like that, right. but we don't really get to get the other side of it to kind of, hey, what does that Washington football team fan think of the Buffalo Bills right now, right? right. Like, I'm more interested in hearing that. So I'm going to value your opinion today. We're going to have some fun with it. Awesome. Um, but before we dive into all that, like we do every week on the show, we do like to highlight a charity up at the top. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the guest every week gets to choose that charity, and this week you chose the Kalechi Anuna Foundation. So why don't you go ahead and uh, tell the audience a little bit about the foundation and why you chose them. When I first moved to Nashville, Tennessee from the DMV area, he was my next door neighbor, and we pretty much grew up together. We both are from Nigeria. We both are, you know, same background. We both are Igbos. So 
we just connected, man. And we just kind of became family. He went on to play basketball at MTSU here in Nashville area. It's Middle Tennessee State University and did some great things. And after playing basketball in college, uh, he went on to play pro in several places such as Egypt and places like that. And then he was able to play for the Nigerian national team. You know, so he did that. And then for a guy that was born in America, he likes to go back to our country and do some great things. And then he just started a foundation. He's like, you know what? How can I be able to create a basketball court for the people back home? How can I be able to get the game of basketball brought out here and let it grow and spread? There's so many kids that are out there that don't have that opportunity to, you know, study abroad, meaning like going to places like, you know, the USA or London and stuff like that. And they're growing up there where the game is not as popular. But thanks to guys like Idiago and and we call him KC, Kalechi, he's now been able to bring the game out there every year. He just does like a fundraiser where he just grabs a whole bunch of shoes, used shoes, fairly worn shoes. He just grabs them, puts them in bags and sends them out there and just give these kids shoes. And they're just so excited because sometimes they're playing with no shoes. You know what I'm saying? They're messing up their, you know, their toes and stuff like that. When you're a kid, you can do that. But for how long? You know what I'm saying? And then playing basketball on concrete with no shoes. So he's able to give these kids shoes. He's able to give them like free basketball skills, free basketball training. And then he's partnered up with some of the uh, professional basketball players that have played on the, on the national team. And he's just out there just bringing the game of basketball to the masses, just showing love and just being able to donate any way that he can. So that's why I chose the Kalechi Anuna Foundation. Not only are we family, but he's doing a great thing in Nigeria. Yeah, when you sent this over to me and I headed over there to check it out, I was like, oh, this is cool, right? I mean, because yes, you know these kinds of things are happening out there, right? But a lot of people don't get to see them happening, and you don't get to see that it's always just a guy that he didn't necessarily make it to these great levels where he's right. like this celebrity status, mm-hmm. right? right? But he made it to levels enough to where he saw what he wanted to take mm-hmm. care of, and yep. what he wanted to take care of was providing back home. And that was mm-hmm. one of the things that it really stood out to me was he does the camps, which mm-hmm. is very cool, yep. and he gets some big-time players there. Yep. And it, I mean, that's cool for kids in the States to yes, see sir. these guys yes, in the sir. NBA. They never get to see them, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's super cool. Very cool organization. Uh, like we do every week, uh, we'll have everything in the show notes. So you guys can click right over there and check it all out. If you want to donate to the organization, there's all sorts of information about what they're doing, all that kind of stuff. So, very cool. And I did not know that he was basically like your brother. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, yes, sir. that's also a very cool uh, <laughs> part of it as well. So, thanks for bringing it up. Very cool organization. Haven't highlighted them this year, which is very awesome. That's going to bring us up to like almost 40 organizations this year so far. So very cool. Thanks a lot. Thank you. So should we chat about this upcoming football game? Man, let's get it, man. I'm excited. We chatted briefly offline, right? And I was like, this is supposed to be the Fitzmagic homecoming, right? Because the Bills Mafia loves Fitzmagic. Mm -hmm. Fitzmagic still loves Mm -hmm. the Bills Mafia. So it was kind of going to be that coming home and it didn't happen, right? Right. Fitz, he can't seem to ever catch a break one way or another. Mm -hmm. But either way, I think personally, there's a really good football team coming to Buffalo this Mm -hmm. week. I do think we're a better football team. We haven't performed that way yet this year, but you guys have played against a really good football team in the LA Chargers. So I have up there as a very good football team Mm -hmm. in the league right now. And you played them very closely. And then this week you took out the Daniel Jones led Giants, which I (laughs) did not know you guys have not beat them. Since he was the quarterback. He owns us, man. (laughs) Yeah. How are you feeling coming out of week two? Because realistically, I think you guys are off to a good start either way. I feel you played the Chargers close and you won this game that you need to win if you're going to win your division. So how are you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good because easily we could have been 2-0 and and also easily we could have been 0-2. But the good thing is that 
this team is learning how to win the tough games. And remember the last time that people said that we're not supposed to win the game, that was versus the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to beat your Bills. You guys are one of the top teams in the league. Yes, offensively, you guys haven't looked great so far. We're going to get into that. But I want all the smoke. Like, I'm excited to play good competition because it kind of tells you where you are as a team. A lot of people had the football team's defense rated high. Oh, we have the four first rounders on the defensive line. We brought in William Jackson the third and this and that. But it hasn't panned out. It hasn't panned out. Defense looks terrible. But at the same time, it's promising because something has to give. Eventually, the defense is going to be good, and I'm hoping that it's week three versus the Josh Allen-led Buffalo Bills. And I think coming into the season, I had this as a matchup that's one of those like danger matchups. Like I was personally, I was talking bad all offseason about the Steelers, and I still think they are going to fall off a cliff. I do still think that's yeah. going to happen at this point. Big Ben is now we're hearing he's dealing with a peck thing. Mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson got banged up in that last game. Seems like he's okay. But either way, I think that we haven't done. But what I did see in that first game compared to what I saw last week is our offensive line performed way better. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, that's we went from the Steelers to Miami. <laughs> and now we're going to go back to Washington, who I think puts us right back up to that comparable defensive front that we faced against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm a little nervous about how it's going to shake out initially. (laughs) I do think that this game could be very close. The deciding factor is going to be the offenses, I think, again, because I think both defenses are playing good enough to be competitive Mm -hmm. in this. Ours is kind of playing lights out right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, three out of four quarters, we haven't given up points. Yeah, (laughs) Um, But offensively, this is going to be, can Heineke pull it off? And I thought, Last yeah, last week too here, he played well. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought for a kid that showed some promise last season, but they didn't think he was obviously quite there yet enough right. to put Fitzmagic in there first, but mm-hmm. he looked good to me. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was he, looking at the numbers, he spread the ball around, he stayed in the pocket, he didn't run out. So offensively, do you think, I mean, you guys got McLaurin, you've got Gibson, You've got our guy Logan Thomas, who we drafted as the you <laughs> yes, know <sir>. <laughs> back in the day. And so how you feeling offensively? Is there enough there? Can he pull it off against a tough defense like this? Yes. Offensively, I feel great. And this is why. When you have a Taylor Heineke, the difference between him and Fitz is Fitz obviously has the arm talent, has the arm strength, and Fitz will take those chances. Fitz will push the ball down the field. But what I like about Taylor Heineke is that he's able to throw off of anticipation. He'll throw it to where the receiver needs to be, and he's very accurate. That's something that's so underrated for a guy that threw the ball so many times. He just had just that one terrible play that almost cost us the game, that interception. But if you take that away, he played a perfect game. And I think because of his mobility, he's going to be able to kind of elude that pass rush. Because you guys got some guys coming off the edge that I'm afraid of. All of a sudden, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. AJ and Gregory. Look, can those guys please just calm down and just cool off <laughs> a little bit? Because it's going to cause Taylor Heineke uh, to move around in the pocket. And I think if he does and he's able to you know, buy more time, he's going to be able to move the ball down. It might not be the prettiest thing, but I think he, he can get five to seven to ten yard chunks. That's what it's going to take to be able to beat the Bills. You got to play perfect football. You got to play crisp. You got to make sure that, that you're able to look for Terry. But Terry has that tough matchup. Shadavious White is a beast. Like, look, so as much as I want to play you guys, right, and I've circled this game on my calendar, you guys and the Kansas City Chiefs, and I said, you know what? I want all the smoke. 
I want the competition. You know what I'm saying? There's four offenses that I've been looking forward to, and that's the Bills, that's the Chiefs, Tampa Bay, and Green Bay. Out of these four offenses, the only two of them that has looked pretty crisp has been Tampa Bay and the Chiefs. So mm-hmm. for us, I'm glad to be catching where you guys are right now. But I think offensively, we can do enough. And remember, I said that the defense hasn't played well, right? Antonio Gibson has not played to his full potential. But guess what? Something has to give. Eventually, Gibson has to wake up. Eventually, the defense has to wake up. And I think this is the week that you see both entities step up. You're going to see Gibson step up, and you're going to also see the defense. So in order for us to win this game, we need Gibson. No Gibson, no win. It's just as easy as that. No matter what Taylor Heineke does, you're going to need a a heavy dose of Gibson and that quick pass to J.D. McKissick. Yeah, no, I I like a lot of that. And there's Ron Riviera going back to the Panther days with Sean McDermott. There's a lot of familiarity of what's going to be taking place here. So I do really feel like this could be a a game like that. And watching the offense in McLaurin, I think he's – Trey hasn't looked that sharp yet. The mm-hmm. things that saved him in some of the aspects is that he's got Poyer and Hyde running around back there mm-hmm. with him. Um, I think McLaurin's an incredible player, and he'll probably still find a way to be successful. For me, like you mentioned, the piece is Gibson. Mm-hmm. If we do shut him down like he had an okay week last week, yep. Yep. nothing great, nothing that you'd really write home about. I mean, 69 yards on, what was it, 13 carries, something like that, right. along a 14, but he can break it. Right. Mm-hmm. So you very much have to be keep him intact. So I think if we do shut him down and this becomes Heineke has to make the quick decisions and be mm-hmm. moving around and making those throws, that does favor us. Right. Speaking of that, I took a prop on this game the other night that Heineke would have over like 14 and a half rushing yards because of this. I thought mm-hmm. the Giants had that same kind of front yep. that they would potentially be able to disrupt him. And he is sharp enough and athletic enough to go and get some yards. Right. And I thought he might get that to the tune of like 15. And he went like <laughs> four for six or something like that. Yeah, it was miserable. <laughs> so anyway, I do believe that you guys do have enough. Now, granted, we've played against Pittsburgh, who was supposed to have a good offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, on paper, they have a very good offense. Offensive line, not very good, I would say. Miami, their offensive line looked very poor. So Mm -hmm. to me, it's going to be an offensive line and a run that has to make the difference because the defense has been eating those so far. So I agree with you that Gibson is kind of the choice piece. Uh, Maybe I'm getting more involved with catching the ball out of the backfield a little bit, even though I know that's McKissick's Mm -hmm. role. Right. I feel like if you gave it to Gibson, that throws the roll off and we Thank might you. have a little bit of a Thank better you. success, right? Yep. But overall, I do think competitive-wise, like you said, if he keeps it under control, just is willing to work, mm-hmm. I guess is one way to put it, because the defense is not going to give up huge plays, so you've got to be willing to work and keep it sharp and grind it out for 13 plays potentially, mm-hmm. right? And if he can do that, I think the offense could perform. Right. Let me give you an X factor because I've been listening to the press conferences today and they were talking about who is the guy that needs to get more snaps. And that's Cam Sims. Cam Sims is a big bodied receiver. I think he's six, four, six, five. He's going to be very useful to what we're trying to do. Obviously you have Dayami Brown. So we got some guys offensively that we can do some things. You have Ricky Seals Jones, who was the guy that caught that touchdown. Yeah. So we got some big guys to throw at he's you guys. Tall. Yeah, he's a big so dude. So six five, six five, and you know you have Deami Brown, who has good size and good speed. We're gonna throw a lot of different things at you guys this week. Cam Sims has not played a lot in weeks one or two, and he was very instrumental to what we did to Pittsburgh Steelers last year. So I think, like I said, I'm getting some of those vibes. I'm getting some of those vibes of where the defense is gonna step up. This is our first road game. We've had two home games. We've been spoiled. So I right. think it's time for a change. Like 
off of a short week, very tough, you know, win, emotional win. Everybody's kind of calmed down. People are rested up. I think they're going to come out with a lot of energy because they're going to need it. So Cam Simpson is an X factor okay. that can possibly command some targets come Sunday. So keep an eye out on that. I like that. My X factor for you on the Ricky Seals Jones thing is he's actually my sneaky Madden tight end oh, that nice. I always go and pick up because he's tall. He's like <laughs> he's huge. Tall. You can just he's throw tall. it up in the middle on the seam and he always grabs it. Yep. And that's in Madden. I don't know if he'll do that in real life. But hey, former anyway. wide receiver. Former wide yeah. receiver. Got some upside. So I think realistically, then we would probably say that the defenses on both sides of the ball have to play well in order for shutting down either one of these offenses kind of could break it open. The Bills haven't shown that we've been able to yet, but we scored 35 points last week. So there's things happening, but we've had a lot of short fields. The defense has been playing very well. So I think this defense that you have, and and I love Bostic. I love Mm. some of the other guys. You got Sweat. I mean, you got Chase Young. You've got guys at different levels. Mm that are good. Landon Collins is back there. He's a veteran. I mean, there's good levels of it. So defensively, you guys have been giving up some points. And like you said, it Mm -hmm. it hasn't looked sharp yet. So is it just reps? Is it guys molding? Like, what are you feeling right now? So I kind of want to go back to week one and we played very good defense week one, regardless of the loss. Like literally, if we didn't give up that, that short field, because it was a turnover by Gibson that gave Justin Herbert, uh, you know, five yard first and goal, pretty much to go ahead and score, win right. the game. Well, so keeping t- the Chargers to twenty points is that's a that's a feat. I mean, exactly. there's not going to be many teams that do that this year. Exactly, and, and and you know, if you take away that that one touchdown, that's thirteen points. You know what I'm saying? So, I love the chances. You know, I love the defense, what they can be, what they can become. Matchups. You look at Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen reminds me a lot of us, the Fon Diggs. They're similar in terms of. They're possession receivers that can go deep every now and again. They're crispy, crispy route runners. And sometimes we have to stop running zone. (laughs) We have to stop running zone. We got to run, man. And look, to be honest, I'm going to be looking at the matchup between William Jackson III and Stephon Diggs. That's going to be the only guy that you want to have on Diggs. If anybody else is on Diggs, Diggs is going to have 200 yards receiving. I'm telling you right (laughs) now, with Diggs, he's a guy, he runs routes. You got to get physical with him. You got to get physical with him. And I think that's where, you know, William Jackson III is going to come into play. You don't want Will Fuller on him. If Will Fuller's on him, Diggs will just destroy Will Fuller. As good as Will Fuller is, they've moved him inside and they've put a rookie named Benjamin St. Jude's third round pick on the outside. So I'm just kind of worried. I don't know where Diggs is going to go. But then you guys have other weapons, Emmanuel Sanders. You guys have my guy, Gabriel Davis. So defensively, I'm a little worried because – we saw what Daniel Jones did to the football team last week. Josh Allen is a way better athlete. Maybe not as fast as Daniel Jones. I don't know. It might be debatable. It might be. Daniel Jones has some wheels. Yeah, I was going to ask you that next. What's the concern of the running ability? Because, I mean, Jones, he was able to get away from the pass rush. And when he did, he was getting big chunks of yardage. So to me, Daniel Jones is faster than Josh Allen. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but Josh Allen is a more dynamic runner than Daniel Jones. Josh, he got some little wiggle to him. You know what I'm saying? He got some little mm-hmm. wiggle to him and can you know, make plays with his feet. So when Daniel tackles himself with his feet. Man, so. and, but then but then but then like the difference is when Saquon was out there, he was able to kind of hand off and pull back and run. At least when I'm looking at Zach Moss and Singletary, I'm not afraid. 
I'm just not. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not afraid of Zach Moss or Singletary. So it's not that same effect, but Josh Allen is Josh Allen. Josh Allen is next level. He's on that same level in terms of a, as a runner, like guys like uh, Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. I put him there at number three. He's that dynamic of a runner. So seeing what Daniel Jones did to us, even though he's fast, oh, Josh Allen can have a field day if he's able to try to, you know, hand it off and then pull it back and take off. If he's doing that read, that read option, we are in trouble. We, we are in trouble. <laughs> and it's not something that I'm excited about. Like Josh Allen scares me. And if he starts, you know, throwing the ball to guys like Diggs and Sanders, it can be a long day. So pass rush. We're going to need the like the two big boys in the middle, Payne and Allen, to push that pocket and force him to do things that he's not, you know, doesn't want to do. Right. Yeah, because I, 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 when I'm thinking about it, as you're talking about it, and I'm thinking about it more and more, that's tough, right? Because if you decide to really sell out and keep Allen to where he can't run on you, then you're potentially not getting there. Yep. And he's going to have time to just sit back there and wait for Diggs to get open and do those things. So it, it very much is a it's going to be a cat and mouse game to begin this. I wouldn't be surprised that this game does really come out and it, it seems kind of slow and dirty to start out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really wouldn't be surprised by that at all. And we we started sluggish. Every week so far. And then on top of that, this is a good defense that I think for a couple series there can probably give you fits and just kind of really keep you wondering about what's going on. So I expect to see kind of a tight game. I do think in the end that we probably will pull it out, but I'm not going to be stunned if this if this looks similar to that Chargers game. You know, maybe something yep. in that like 24 to 16 range. Yep. Yep. Maybe we yep. get a little further away, 28, 16, something like that. But I'm not anticipating some kind of big like blowout in this game. And like, unless something crazy happens, like Gibson goes down or, you know, something god awful happens to somebody, you know, right. then I, I really do think it's going to be close. Do you feel the same way? Yeah. My prediction is neither team scores more than 24 points. Okay. It's going to be something around maybe 24, 17. Y'all win and, Y'all score 24, we score 17, or we have a chance to tie the game at the end of the game or maybe take a one-point lead. Just something crazy like that. I just see a 24-17 type game or maybe a 20-17 type game as well. So both scenarios or maybe a 23-17 and then football team is trying to just win it with a touchdown and then maybe they don't get it or they do get it. So I'm, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to a one possession. I don't know wh- who. One possession game, somebody wins it at the end, either via field goal or a, or a go-ahead touchdown. I like that because I, I feel similar to that. It's it all it's all defense, you know, dependent, right? They've got to come in ready to go, and I think the Riviera piece kind of is going to assist with that in a little bit. That there's there's some familiarity to, about what we're going to try to do on defense and things like that. He's mm-hmm. been around, he knows Sean McDermott style, right? There's there's going to be a little bit of that almost, which I hate this every time that it happens, like too much respect mm-hmm. that nobody tries to do anything like right. crazy in the beginning because they don't want the other guy to feel bad or something. Like right. I don't, I never get it when they do. That that right but i I feel like something that could take place like that and it keeps us close on what we're doing but let me ask you a little bit though just after two weeks of football like Mm -hmm. where are you at like coming into the season i mean i i knew the afc probably had five or six teams that i would say could realistically be the afc champion like it wouldn't have surprised me if it tennessee baltimore buffalo kansas city cleveland and maybe somebody else sneaking in the mix right on the other side of the ball i felt like it was tampa bay and green bay and green bay's looks trash uh, the Rams <laughs> yes, look sir. very good, um, you know, and I think there's probably now that 
the Cardinals, I, I was not giving them as much as I was early, but kind of where, where are you at after two weeks? It's been a little crazy. I mean, the Raiders are the number one team in the AFC. The yeah. Broncos are number two. I mean, like. It's weird. It, it's really weird. And in the NFC, a team that nobody's talking about year after year, it's the Minnesota Vikings. I understand they got some some problems defensively, but look, Kirk Cousins is playing some serious football right now. And as long as Dalvin Cook stays healthy, they now have a new wide receiver in Kevin Osborne, who's just like yeah, he's been playing well. Like, there's a potential where they can have three wide receivers that have at least 800 yards. So I, I'm just saying, just keep an eye out on the Vikings. Like, like you said, Green Bay's been trash, right? So Green Bay's trash, and the Chicago Bears might, you know, they're, they're not good, right? So it's like, who's yeah. left? Who's left? You know what I'm saying? So that's potential. And then the Lions. So it's a potential for Green Bay. I mean, for uh, the Minnesota Vikings to win that uh, division and possibly do some damage. I don't know. I'm just having some Minnesota Vikings vibes right now. It's not a lot of good teams. Well, in realistically, the if Green Bay goes to San Fran and loses this week, I mean that that's keeping them right there in the mix, right? There I mean, <laughs> so they're still in the mix. They yeah. could be potentially having Green Bay with two losses at Week Three. Yep. Nobody would have predicted that. I don't exactly. think, right? So exactly. they they've definitely got a chance, and that's. That's a defense that I was really hoping would respond mm-hmm. uh, this offseason. I was kind of targeting them in fantasy drafts and stuff like that and hoping that they would respond a little bit. But right. <laughs> I don't know. It, it just uh, it didn't pan out early. Zimmer, I feel like or, yeah, I feel like he's on – this is his last leg probably. Like yep. he's got to get it turned around and he's not going to be the head coach there anymore. Right. I agree. I agree. Facts. Yeah. So on the AFC, um, we just watched Baltimore kind of take down Kansas City for a week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who do you have as the best team in the AFC? Believe it or not, it's still Kansas City. Like, as yeah. long as you have Patrick Mahomes, their defense is terrible. But at the end of the day, I mean, your defense wins championship, but sometimes a good offense is a good defense. Like, I mean, you know, holding the ball, being able to just move the ball. Like, I mean, how do you stop that offense? You have yeah. Tyreek Hill, you have Kelsey, and then now you got all these Pringles and the Marcus Robinsons of the world. Um, I just think that the Kansas City Chiefs are loaded. And if they give you anything defensively, I mean, they're there's to me, they're still the best team until somebody takes them down. Yeah, I mean, you just have to outscore them at this point. It yep. doesn't look like anybody's def- even if you're playing good defense, yep. that means you stop them maybe two or three times in <laughs> yes, the game sir. and you hold them to like two field goals, mm-hmm. right? That's probably doing good against them. So on the NFC side, is it Tampa Bay still? Man, or you got Bay. the Rams nipping at those heels? Man, it's Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay just looks just looks crazy right now. You talking about Tom Brady can potentially, after four games, he could potentially have 18 or 19 touchdowns after four games. I just heard some weird stat that <laughs> if he gets like five touchdowns in the next game or something like that, mm-hmm. that he will have more touchdowns in his 40s than he did in his 20s. Wow. <laughs> I mean, like, that's Look, absurd. That offense uh, absurd. is crazy. Think about it. You, you have a healthy Antonio Brown. Gronkowski's fully healthy. He wasn't healthy last year. Gronkowski is back. I mean, who do you stop? I think they have even a more prolific offense than Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they just have more weapons. Who do you stop? You have Mike Evans, Godwin, this guy, that guy. I think they're special, man. And I I think that Tom Brady, as long as they keep him upright, that's the team to beat, man. It's it's scary right now. Well, that was a team that was eight and five. At week thirteen last year, and went on and won the Super Bowl, right? And they're just they're two and zero already. So I mean, right. it's, it's probably not that promising of a sign for anybody else in the NFL. But right. so we're getting pretty close to the end of it here, man. Um, do you got anything going on? Anything upcoming? Anything you want to shout out? Absolutely. So 
Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like I said, every Tuesday I do a waiver wire show because I know that, you know, you want to wake up in the morning on Wednesday morning and have your waiver guys. So I usually do it like around like eight or nine 30, um, about 30 minutes to 45 minutes, just do a waiver wire show. And then I ask, you know, people can ask questions. And then also a couple of days from today, maybe like on a Thursday night or a Friday night, I do a starter six show on the channel. So that way you can kind of get your questions in, and, you know, trade questions that I win this trade, stuff like that. So I've been doing more fantasy content during fantasy season. And then once the NBA kicks off, there'll be a weekly NBA show. I'm just super, super busy. And then every Wednesday night at 930, that's the back row Redskins show. I stream it live on the YouTube channel, Talking Sports with Manny. So those are just some of the things that I got going on, man. I like that. How's your uh, how's your fantasy season been going so far? Because I'm like disappointed in everything that I did. <laughs> it's going great, man. I'm believe it or not, I'm in 17 paid leagues. A lot of them being dynasty. So when you're in dynasty, you just kind of uh, stuck. You just don't want to give up. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in a few keeper leagues. So it's promising, man. It's looking like about eight championships this year. All right, locked. All right. I mean, eight, locked. I'm just hoping. I'm just hoping it happens. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, eight out of eighteen ain't bad. I'm hoping that I'm trying to get off the snide in two leagues. I'm just like, every, it seems like every week somebody goes down. Yeah, it's like bam. Or this last week, I had three people on the same team go down. Oh, like, what? Do, what are you supposed to do with that? Right. Like, I mean, what? Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, wow. and then you just have to dump everybody. What? Like, yeah, you brought up Osborne. He was. Hopefully, none of my friends listen to this because he was. He was one of those guys <laughs> I was going to start siphoning through all my stuff here shortly and seeing yes, where sir. he was trickling around at. Man, Osborne is, is, I mean, he's tearing it up right now. I, I like, it's time to use that waiver claim. I, I, I talked about him and then I got him in some leagues. I didn't get him everywhere. Then he does it again. I'm like, okay, it's time to go ahead and pick up this guy. But, but my biggest advice when it comes to fantasy is just have a lot of depth, especially during this whole COVID corona type stuff. If you're in a dynasty league and if you're playing to win, use those draft picks, use those draft picks on depth. I know it sounds crazy. Look, Get you a guy like Tony Pollard. Give up a first. If you're in win mode now, give up a first. You want to go ahead and get as many handcuffs, like top-tier handcuffs, like the Madisons right. and the Pollards of the world. Look, every team that I have, I've built it on depth. And somebody goes down, next man up. So that's kind of how I'm able to stay afloat and score some points. If you're in win mode now, um, I have a lot of um, stacks of Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry or uh, Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Chubb. Uh, Dalvin Cook. So every team that I have, I have like two or three top tier running backs. And then I get right. those receivers that fall in just depth, 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 because these injuries, they care oh, about yeah, nobody. <laughs> and then COVID. So. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks a lot, dude, for coming on. I really appreciate your time. I know you got a lot of stuff going on. You just named it all off. And you probably got 13 <laughs> more shows to record tonight. But uh, <laughs> anyway, all of, uh, all the stuff to connect with you of Manny is going to be over in the show notes like we do every week and everything. So you guys will easily be able to find him, check out his YouTube channel and all that kind of stuff. But once again, everybody, thanks for listening in. It's going to be going into week three. Hopefully, we're going to be coming out with another Victory Monday. No offense, Manny, uh, but it is a Bill show. And, uh, you know, of course, Love all you guys for being here. We wouldn't have a show without you. So thanks for listening in. We'll see all you guys next week. And of course, go Bills. You just listen to the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Make sure you leave a review and subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll see you next time. Leg out.